Green is brought to you by Galinda Mozo of Remax. Remax above the crowd. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Welcome to Being Green. I was stopped at a traffic light a few days ago looking at the clouds coming down over Table Mountain, which got me thinking how little I actually know about it. Sure, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, it has a unique flora and is as much part of our lives in the city as the sea and the noonday gun, for example. But there's so much I don't know. So to find out more, I'm joined on the line now by Marie Abraham, who is Environmental Control Officer at the Table Mountain Aerial Cableway Company. Marie, thanks for joining us on Fine Music Radio. One of the things I was wondering about as I was sitting at that traffic light was... Who was the first person ever to climb to the top of the mountain? Do we know who it was and, and what they found? Well, good morning, Glynis, and thank you for having me. There's many people that climb Stable Mountain, and I'm not sure who, who ever gets to that famous one that will be the first, but some people climbed it as early as fifteen as the 1500s, which was some of the early Spanish travelers that came around Cape Town. But, I mean, that was long before anyone officially uh, lived in Cape Town. So I think that, I'm not sure if we're 100% sure about who, who's that first person. Do we have any written records or any knowledge about what people at that time found? Well, they found a lot of different things from what we, what, what's there now, what's here now. Um, Cape Town and the area looked very different. There was obviously no humans. And there was big animals like, you know, rhinos and hippos and even the, the odd elephant. Were, were often seen, and uh, there's definitely lots of written records, historical records of, of the bigger animals and very different very different lifestyles then. Hippos, you mentioned, and elephants. That's rather surprising. I presume they would be on the more flatter part of the mountain behind table, what we see as the tabletop. Yeah, so, so the hippos were more in the wetland areas, Musenberg, where they've re, um, recently reintroduced them to Rondeflay, Pardon Island, up the river towards Malfors. That's where, the, where you would have seen the hippos. But lions and rhinos were, were often spotted on the slopes of the mountain. When did it become a- accepted knowledge that the flora up there, um, and in fact in the Cape Peninsula, is unique in the world? I think we've known for many for many decades that it was unique. But in 2004, um, the, the global scientists, from, from the UNESCO, they declared it as a world, officially as a World Heritage Site. And uh, yeah, it became the smallest of the six uh, floral kingdoms of the world, being only, only 80, 88,000 square kilometers, it's like 0.01% of the world's uh, land surface. So I think we can be very proud of that. Are there any early accounts of research into the flora and fauna? I know you're talking about more recently, but back in back in the day, back um, in times of Jan van Riebeek and that, do we do we have any research in the 1800s into the the flora in particular on Table Mountain? Yeah, there's been many people that's worked on it, and because it's so it's so special and so so different. The earliest books that were published on on the plants and like identification manuals were were in the early 1950s. But I'm but but if some of the some of the plants that that we do see has been identified and written up as early as the late 1700s, early 1800s. So there was definitely definitely people and botanists working on this many many years before before it started uh, being printed into printed material. I didn't realize. I suppose I could have thought of it, but I didn't realize that there was a wet and dry side to the mountain, and that this actually impacts on the type of vegetation one finds there. Yes. Yeah, so. 
the wetter side is obviously the eastern side. It gets, uh, it gets a lot more rain. If you think uh, Newlands, Ronnebosch, that area, it's, uh, and there you get the acromontane forest. It's more, more lush. You get all the streams and the rivers that flow, the waterfalls that flow most of the year. And if you go to the, to the other side, the Camps Bay side, it's a lot drier. And there you, you get the more proper fainbos, proteas, and the smaller, and then the smaller ericas and smaller, drier shrubs. So very, two very different sides of the mountain, yes. Never struck me to think about anything like that. Given the encroachment of the city, what is the status quo of the fauna and flora today? So at the moment, I think, um, with the, the Table Mountain National Park, so the Cableway operates within the National Park, and the National Park was, was started officially as proclaimed a national park um, only in 2000, 2000, I think. And But before that, the mountain was always, always protected as part of a protected area. So at the moment, there can't be any more development. So we can't, can't encroach any more onto what, what already is there. And uh, there is definitely some, some plans and some work um, happening to protect the, the more endangered plants and animals, one of them being the roikat. I mean, a lot of people follow the, follow the story of the roikat in Cape Town, the one that's often seen on, on Table Mountain slopes. So uh, I think there is some hope and there's definitely a lot of people working towards protecting it for for future. Marie, we're running out of time, but very briefly, what can Cape Tonians do to to help protect the fauna and flora? I think we can all just do do our bit to tell people about it, to tell people and especially out of out of town people. Cape Town, I mean, we're all Cape Tonians and we, we think the mountain belongs to all of us, which which it does. And we need to protect it. Little things like if you're hiking on the mountain, pick up litter, don't. Don't litter. Firstly, take your own rubbish home and pick up some things. If you can carry an extra bottle or an extra plastic bag that someone dropped, do that. And and explain and just create an awareness of, of why why we need to protect it. There's so many so many interesting and, and little animals and plants on the mountain that you don't you won't even know about unless you're hiking up the slopes and you you're exploring. So I think little things like protecting, not Smoking, not throwing your cigarette butts out, not starting unnecessary fires. Those kind of things is all is what we can all do to to protect our mountain. And of course, we it have is, to. It is all of our mountain. <laughs> when we have to remember how lucky we are to have it in the very middle of our city. Thanks to Marie Abraham, who is environmental control officer at the Table Mountain Aerial Cableway Company. And that's it for this week. Till next time, from me, Glynis Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green is brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax. Remax above the crowd. Oh, oh, oh.